Well, back for the second time. We uh, we like to chat after Chiefs playoff victories. Uh, you know him, you love him from the ringer. And actually, Randy, I did not uh, do a good job of introing you last time because we have some kind of business things to take care of with you. You had the ringer article that you came out with last week. Of course, we're talking to Randy Gisarely from the ringer. Uh, really, really brilliant piece. If you guys haven't checked it out, I know we tweeted about it, but the evolution of Patrick Mahomes into a football man in full Please go read that. Hit pause on the on the pod right now and go read it because it is brilliant. Uh, and then, of course, you're doing your Kaufman Corner podcast with 810 Seren Petro. Randy mm-hmm. Gisarely, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, guys. I'm uh, I like you guys, uh, you know, savoring a playoff victory and holding my breath uh, until Sunday at about 5 p.m. when we see Patrick Mahomes take the field for uh, the first time uh, in, in a week and, and see if that sprained ankle of his is magically healed, which it apparently might have. I don't know from today's uh, today's video at the, at the walkthrough at practice. Um, you know, I've, I've learned that if Patrick Mahomes, if anybody can do anything in this world, Patrick Mahomes is the person to do it. So, well, uh, Randy, you're a, you're a medical professional. I know uh, dermatology. Um, I don't know if uh, you were able to see any of the skin on there, but uh, as a medical professional, uh, what what was your opinion of how he looked out there? Um, as a medical professional, um, I uh, <laughs> my impression of seeing Patrick Mahomes jogging with not the slightest uh, hint of a limp, literally, what, four days after a high ankle sprain, um, my diagnosis is that Patrick Mahomes is not entirely human <laughs> so that that skin on the high ankles looking looking skin fine. looked good but the, the, the joint i mean i'm not an orthopedic surgeon but sure um to to see the way he was you know limping around the field couldn't couldn't hand off a, a football in the mm-hmm. middle of the game on on saturday and uh to what he looked like either he's got some really good pain meds um, which seems like a pointless thing to do on a Wednesday. Right. Um, or, you know, they gave him some incredible cortisone concoction that I'm not even familiar with. Or he's just a really, really fast healer. Um, you know, he he's always been, I mean, you think about, you can think back to the to the um, dislocated uh, patella, his kneecap, yep. um, in 2019. And yeah, he missed two games, but it's pretty clear. Like, if that had been, if, if the Chiefs had had a playoff game the following week, I really do think he would have played. He thought he was going to come back into that game. I, he I mean, wanted to. He yeah, wanted right. to, I mean, which is crazy. But, like, you know, that was a we, – we saw that. That was a dislocated kneecap. I mean, yeah. he was crying on the field. He was on the side, was on of, his side of his life. <laughs> yeah. 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 He had a, you know, was a, he, he joked later about, like, you know, we finally had some calf muscles. Because, like, that's, <laughs> that, that's that was great. His, that's what his bone looked like. Um, I mean – we, you know, me and, and you and, and every Chiefs fan in the kingdom, we just thought the season was over at that point. And, you know, in retrospect, it's ironic because that's the year they actually won the Super Bowl. But, like, he wanted to come back in the game like an hour later and mm-hmm. probably could have played the following week. Um, and I just, he he's, and, and on top of everything else, his joints, maybe they're, he's just, he has that weird flexibility, which is part of what makes him such a tremendous athlete. Yeah. And I'm hopeful, uh, I think this will be a very good test this week, that that kind of bendiness that he has may have um, made this injury just a little less severe than perhaps we thought it, or you know feared it would be and allowed him to heal a little bit faster. He's going to be limited. Um, I, I can't imagine he's going to be 100%. And we, we all know how much, um, how, how important his mobility is to, um, you know, to his effectiveness, both in terms of just being able to you know, run three or four times a game for seven yards of carry and, and being able to move out outside the pocket and still um, be awesome. But, you know, 90% of Patrick Mahomes, I would still take over Joe Burrow. Maybe That's not right. 70%, but 90% yeah. yes. And, yeah, Nick uh, Nick Wright was doing quarterback tiers for the remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs, and he had Mahomes one, Burrow two, Mahomes on one leg, three. I mean, that's really where we're at is, uh, you know, he's he's certainly still going to be an effective quarterback even without his mobility. Well, but Mahomes the, on one leg in that game yeah. was number two in terms of EPA, uh-huh, compared, uh-huh. You know, better than every other quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, and – you know, I'm of course terrified that you know he'll get hit early in the game and and get aggravated. I mean, like, you know, th- this game is going to be won and lost on the lines, right? The, the offensive line, the defensive line, um, both ways is going to be absolutely the, the the key part of this game more than anything else. Orlando Brown, I really feel like this this game more than any other may define Orlando Brown's uh, legacy. Sure. In Kansas City, if he keeps Patrick Mahomes clean, 
Yeah. Um, and, th- and they go on and win. I, I think there's a, a I, I think that ch- the odds that he is the starting left tackle again next year, whether it's on um, some sort of franchise tag or on a long-term deal dramatically goes up. And yes. if, on the other That's hand, fair. he, you know, Mahomes is getting hit and, and potentially even aggravates that injury because uh, his blind side is not safe. Um, and the Chiefs lose, I think that may be Orlando Brown's last game as a member of the I think the fans will run him out of the stadium on Sunday night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Before we do get to the Bengals game, we want to go back in time real quick, and I want to take us all back to before Mahomes had his injury and the opening drive against the Jaguars included a veer option for about 11 yards or so on the first Offensive play of the game, a jump pass to Travis Kelsey for a first down, a sidearm to Juju after a pump fake that was just placed in a bucket. I mean, no idea how he does that. Third and six to Kelsey. He's being spun to the ground by a defensive lineman, still manages to keep his feet, find the pass for the first down, and a very easy over the middle pass to Kelsey for the touchdown to cap off that first drive. I mean, we've seen Mahomes in his bag a lot throughout his career. I'm not sure if I've ever felt as good after an opening drive, I probably have, but like he was at, he was on his game, right? Like, did you feel that kind of crackle in the air of like Mahomes is ready to just go nuclear? Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes established level is so high that it, it takes a truly transcendent performance to, to ascend to what, what we might call LeVon level when Patrick <laughs> Mahomes turns yes. into LeVon. <laughs> um, that, that is, it's, you know, it's, it's a special unique experience. That was definitely one of those times. I mean, the first half against the Bengals last year, he was yes. almost at that level up until the the, the ill-fated final play of the, of the half. That's part of what um, is just so tragic about that game. There was actually, I want to say, I, I, I'd have to look up exactly, I'd love to get pull out the video, but the the single best drive Patrick Mahomes' career actually, I think, occurred against the Saints. Okay. Um, in I think 2020, the year they lost to the Buccaneers, um, there was a drive in that game where the where the Saints defense was was on fire, was everywhere, and they just could not stop Patrick Mahomes anyway. Mm-hmm. And that it that that first drive against the Jaguars reminded me of that because the Jaguars, the defense that not on that drive was tremendous. Yeah, it was, and it didn't matter. And that's when you know you've, he's ascended that level where the, the defense is doing everything right and they still can't stop him. Well, then they did everything wrong. I, I would consider Arden's keys tackle to be completely Bush League, completely bullshit. He leaned and kind of put all of his weight, fell forward onto Mahomes. We all saw it. We all know what happened. All of our hearts were in our throats at that time. I was in attendance at that game. And I was actually in attendance with Austin at the game in Denver when the knee was on the side of the leg. So I've been at two of the like just awful worst case scenario as a chiefs fan where Mahomes then, you know, he, he limps to the side. I actually, from my vantage point thought that he went straight to the cart. He actually just sat down on the bench to get taped up, but I thought that he was immediately going to the cart and then, you know, the play clocks winding down. They hadn't quite gotten Henny warmed up and he, kind of hops back out to the field. Everybody's cheering. I don't know if perspective wise, if I could quite tell like, Oh, did he just get like, you know, just a a slight tweak and now he's ready to go. But what were your thoughts when you saw from the TV, the tackle him going off the field? Did you just think like, Oh my God, like he's, he's cooked or like what was going through your, your mind and your heart? Cause those are two different. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) They were, they were in alignment. I mean, I was, I was certainly um, very concerned um the initial injury but i really wasn't um a hundred percent certain that this was the kind of injury that would actually take him out of uh, out of the game like it reminded me of the game uh, i want to say was it was it 2019 where he got stepped on by one of his offensive linemen this is right before the colts game who was that yeah. like we've, we've banished uh, it was Turnstile left left tackle yeah, swing Cam tackle Irving. Cam Irving. Cam, Irving. Cam Irving. Irving. Yes, yeah, thank yeah. you. I think he was playing. I think he was playing guard. Maybe he was playing tackle that game. But yeah, Cameron Irving. Um, and I think it yeah. happened in the Houston game, right? Which right. Right it was the Houston the game, game, and then the mm-hmm. Colts game. And really, Colts game was his, the first bad game of his career. And he didn't yeah. have Sammy or Tyreek in that game. First game points. It was the only oh. game basically the, the, in, in a three and a half year stretch where the Chiefs did not score at least I want to say twenty one 20. points, which yeah. is just absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, 
maybe even 24 points. I, I've, I've ran the numbers. It's it's in that article I wrote for the Ringer last mm-hmm. last week. I, I try to throw that stat in there every time I can. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. The, the, the Chiefs set an all-time record for like most most consecutive games with, a, I want to say, like 24 or more points. They had that game where they did walk. it again. And then they did they then they matched their own record. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it's it brutally in exploits. Um but that was the game where he you know he couldn't move, but he was he was able to play. And like mm-hmm. you said, it wasn't I mean the, the the fact that the Chiefs only scored 13 and lost that game was not entirely because Patrick Moses was playing badly, but he was missing people. Mm-hmm. Um and some of the guys, uh, you know, the, the support that he had around him also let him down. Um so my first thought, you know, he came back out, he was limping, but okay, let's maybe he can, maybe it's not quite as bad. He'll just be a little bit limited. And then the next play where it's a handoff and he's hopping on one leg for a handoff. Yeah. That's when, uh, you know, my, my, my heart dropped, uh, you know, in, into my stomach and yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh geez, the, the entire landscape of the NFL postseason has just changed. Maybe NFL history. I mean, that is a, just a massive, massive injury, but the Chiefs were fortunate. You know, they still had a playoff game to win there, and the Henny Badger, Henny Given Sunday, Mr. Chad Henny, comes into the game at the two-yard line after a a, a brilliant Jaguars punt that bounced straight up at the uh-huh. two, and they downed it. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, my God, if he can at least get a punt off in this drive, at least don't throw an easy pick six or a fumble or something like that, at least get the ball back to midfield to the Jags that would be probably – I thought that was going to be best-case scenario. But, of course, Chad Henney's ready for this moment, and he prepares like he's going to go in. You know, he knows that the the stakes are high with the Chiefs, and he has a very important job, and I think we all – you know, it's, it's really easy to lose sight of that. But comes in, leads a brilliant 98-yard drive. Um, Austin has been big on Twitter about renaming the drive to that drive because it was an <laughs> yeah, actual – Yeah, we'll, we'll repurpose it. Yeah, that I mean, reminds that would... me, Rainey. Sometime, sometime I need to send you my Elway thread. You need to, uh, you need to uh, peruse the numbers that I pulled on that. Just okay, I, I, I would. Them. I think I will enjoy that. But I was going to say we've stolen everything else from the Broncos over the last <laughs> five true. years. Let them, <laughs> let them well have this. We might, well, I was going to say might as well just steal the drive from them as well. Might as well. I mean, I, mean, I, yeah. said, I said it on on Twitter at the time. I'm like, at least on the drive, John Elway had been playing in the game. Like, yes, Chad Henney hadn't completed a pass this season he was mm-hmm. 0 for two and comes in at the two yard line and okay i've seen people say oh you know we're giving chad Henney so much credit i mean that was all you know half the yards on that drive were from the uh rough passer penalty and oh. isaiah pacheco's 39 yard run and yes technically true he, he threw for 23 yards on seven attempts this is not yeah. statistically not great but let's consider the context of his complete passes he comes in at the two yard line andy reed has the faith in him not to just run the ball up the middle to try and just, you know, make some space for the punter, but actually throws, throws on first down and six yard pass to Travis Kelsey. Sudden that opens up the field. And now you suddenly you're breathing easier that you're not going to be, you know, be uh, forced to punt from within the the confines of the end zone. Um, And then on third and three, one of the most, uh, probably the most important play of, of, of the drive and probably the entire game, um, and one of the two most important uh, plays of Chad Henney's career, which was, you know, thir- third down and three on the, the Chiefs' own 23-yard line. And they run the exact same play <laughs> right, they ran two years ago against the Browns, you know, fourth and one. This Instead of Tyreek Hill, it's the, you know, the, the, the Ty- Tyreek Hill-like substance mm-hmm. named Kadarius Tony <laughs> well, with the catch. A just absolutely brilliant play call because if it's if it's executed correctly, it's basically indefensible for one yard or, or even three yards. Um, and then completed another third down, um, the one where they did call the roughing the passer. Maybe it wasn't uh, that important, but um, it certainly eliminated any doubt even before the roughing the passer call. Third and three, throw, throws to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey does most of the work there and breaks like two tackles to oh. get the first down. But the point is like there were multiple third down completions they needed. And then, the, and then the touchdown, it was, I mean, it was a second down play. If that, if that's not complete, then suddenly, you know, we, we know how bad the chiefs are on third and one. And mm-hmm. even in this game, I think they were over uh, three on third and one. Right. Um, so the importance of getting that touchdown in that situation, um, I, I just, you can't say enough about a guy who it's such a bizarre job to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. 
because yeah, I go years and not do anything except collect paychecks. And you know, Chase Daniel is a folk hero for you know how many millions of dollars he's made right. over the last decade. And in in an ideal world, your team that you play for would love for you to not have to do a damn thing all season. And yeah. then and and for all season, Chad Henney has not done a damn thing except basically be the, the Chiefs human victory cigar and, and, <laughs> and, come in and yeah. come in and hand off at the end of games that they're up big. Um, and then suddenly your entire season is riding on him at the two-yard line. So yeah, did he didn't do a lot, but he did enough. And I, I can't say enough about that. And was, that was really um, symbolic of this entire game. So many players stepped up for the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes went down. It was limited. I mean, even before that, I mean, you talk about that very first drive. There was that third, I think it was third and six play. Yeah, third and six from uh, the Jaguars 14, where Mahomes uh, threw to Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey bobbled the ball. Yes. You remember that? He was blanking yep. it. And you think about how many drops, you know, how many, how many frustrating situations mm-hmm. the Chiefs had with drops all season. Twice in this game, Travis Kelsey, you know, a, a really difficult catch. The ball's like hovering in front of his face mask for like a brief millisecond, and he brings it in. If they don't do that, it's a field goal. They're they're, they're kicking they're kicking for three. Yep. Well, and how many times in twenty twenty one did we see a play like that get popped up in the air and picked off? Oh, where exactly. Mahomes put it right on a guy, and if you don't catch it, and that ball's hanging around, you know, bad things can happen. And it it happened to work out on that one absolutely but you think but i mean the concentration kelsey had on that play because i mean kelsey you know he's i think he had one you know fumble the whole season and that fumble cost us the game against the bengals right um and like you could you, you are watching the replay i mean you could see the intensity on his face there to reel that ball in and that was huge justin watson later uh i think it might have been the next drive he only had the one catch but it was a really tough catch. Yes, I think it was a third down, a third down play as well. Go for it. Um, it was third and six. Yeah, it was third and six. Um, and uh, you know, he made a really he dove, he dove it made a tough catch. Obviously, he like he, he, you know he missed um, one of Mahomes' best throws of the season from the end zone, the fifty yarder that he Ugh. couldn't reel in. But yeah. like in this situation, third and third and six, he makes that catch. The Chiefs move into field goal range, get the field goal. Um, and when you think about the fact that, yeah, the Chiefs won by seven, but at the same time, if they don't, if they, if they don't score twenty, if they score twenty four uh, or twenty three points, the Jaguars aren't settling for a field goal. They're not. They're Absolutely. not down two possessions. Absolutely, they're going for it on fourth and five. This is Doug right. Peterman. We know they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you turn a field goal into nothing, they could have tied the game there. If frankly, if, if you turn for that touchdown. Or, or gone for two, and you turn a touchdown into a field goal, then we're only up by six, and a touchdown wins the game, and there's not going to be enough time left on the clock for Holmes to do anything. So there were, so there were a lot of plays in this game that were the difference between scoring a touchdown and a field goal, or a field goal and nothing, that absolutely could, you know, save the Chiefs from a potentially just gut-wrenching uh, loss in the last second. Well, and so speaking of gut-wrenching, so then he comes back in to start the second half, and you're kind of, I mean, for me, I'm thinking like, well, they probably won't throw him back in there if, you know, if it's a risk of injury and all these right. different, all these thoughts are going through my head. And then like the first play from scrimmage or the second play to start the second half, he hops on one leg to hand off the ball. He runs for a first down on third down and then basically just calls mercy and then falls to the ground because he can't, I mean, four yards was a mile for him. And I mean, to me, I was already thinking about like, oh my God, if the Chiefs even can escape and survive this game with the win, now you've got either the Bengals or the Bills next week and your superstar is, you know, is limited. Um, the effectiveness of Mahomes on that ankle injury, especially in the second half, we it'll be a different story this week. But in that second half, I mean, it's not quite Jordan flu game, but it, it's it's a very similar type of like, mythological you know he he has the jump pass to mvs on the one he he jumps off his left ankle on that and and kind of gets the ball in the back of the end zone the guy's still you know 195 yards and two touchdowns for the game after what happened to him uh pretty remarkable did you feel like when he was out there and hopping around on one foot like did you think Henny should have gone back in the game or did you feel like the chief's best chance to win was with a hobbled mahomes instead of Henny? I mean, it was, it was, it was a real Sophie's choice. Yes. Seeing him come out there because yeah. it was like, on the one hand, I don't want him to get 
you know, hurt more, you know, and, you know, eliminate any chance of, of winning the next game. Cause we knew we, at that point, we didn't know if it would be the Bengals or Bills, but we knew whoever mm-hmm. it was, was going to be a much better team than Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. right. On the other hand, we had to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he first came out, uh, you know, after, after half, I mean, the, the, the mere fact, his ability to take the field was yes. a good sign. Like I was relieved that, okay, he's capable of playing. That gives me some insight into his condition, which was, you know, positive um but that first drive especially uh after after the halftime um yeah he didn't he didn't look great he didn't look him anywhere close to 100 percent. and mm-hmm. then it was like okay forget aggravating this if we don't win this game it doesn't matter if he mm-hmm. aggravates the injury or not um and and yes i i was a, a little bit concerned um and then you know, we the, the we we punt the the Jaguars. They hold the Jaguars. The, the Chiefs get the ball back, and then they run with Pacheco, and then Patrick throws for six yards. It's third and one, and then I mean, you know, Patrick isn't running a quarterback sneak in the best of circumstances. We know yeah. that wasn't the case. Yeah. But then they tried the Noah Gray play. The, you know, I think Blake Bellis run that to perfection in the past, but didn't work. And we're punting again. So yes, I was starting to get quite nervous. But you know, it did seem like the longer he played on that ankle, the more he was able to to uh, to adjust to it and 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 you know sort of adapt to his limitations. Um, and then you know the the finally you know the the touchdown drive, like you said, the, the the jump pass, like he started to look like he was you know working within the parameters of that sprained ankle and was like I said not ninety percent of himself, which was definitely better than Chad Henney and better than possibly better than Trevor Lawrence at that point. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Isn't it amazing? I mean, this is obviously not the first time that he's played hurt, but considering the the stakes, I mean, this is really the first time that he's gone out of a game like that, had to go back to the locker room and then had to fight to come back in. And it's a playoff game. It's it's win or go home. And it was it was so interesting to me. Obviously, Randy, your your article uh, was titled uh, his evolution into a, a football man in full. And I I was thinking about the title of that article when he was out there playing hurt because it's it's such a it's such an iconic I mean there's so many iconic athletic performances whether it's Kirk Gibson or Michael Jordan you know throughout the history of sports and for me like I I was so conflicted like I can't remember the last time a Kansas City athlete certainly on this kind of stage has been giving that kind of performance and it was equal parts inspiring obviously but also just like horrifying like oh my god is he going to be okay is he going to be able to play next week are we even going to win the game you know like how bad is it going to be obviously he'd gone back and gotten the x-ray so you you felt like it probably wasn't you know anything that was going to keep him out long term but i mean what was that like for you experiencing you know just the tension i guess of a a guy giving everything he can when he can't give a hundred percent. Yeah, it was, it, it was such a weird um, shift in the narrative. Cause of course, like we said, that first drive, it was, you're talking about the man in full. I mean, it was like, this is the fully formed, fully <laughs> right, operational right, yes. Beth star Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And, and, and that's no small thing, just given that, you know, his previous playoff game had ended with the worst playoff half he had ever played. Right. And that he just came out. It was like, so on the one hand, it's like such a, a a disappointment from the moment of that injury that no matter what happens, even if he's able to play and play well going forward, like that the absolute peak Patrick Mahomes, the mm-hmm. the best version of himself, we probably will not see that for the remainder of this postseason. Right. right, you right. Know, and that that is that is, you know, a shame. That is sad. Um and you know, I was I was watching the game with um friends. I was on a my uh annual guy ski trip to Vail 
Um, and it, it is an absolute delight to go to the heart of Broncos country in right. January and wear my Patrick Mahomes jersey on the slopes every single day, which I have done every single day mm-hmm. that I've been there for the last five years. Uh, <laughs> because every single time we've been there, the Chiefs have been in, in the playoffs. Um, but um, my, my, uh, my, my friends who generally are uh, have no dog in this fight, they're mostly Bears fans here in Chicago, and uh, um, generally uh, – put up with my uh you know insane uh Patrick Mahomes worship and and Chiefs love um suddenly their legions just shifted away from the Chiefs and they were openly rooting for the Jaguars by the end and when I complained and asked <laughs> why their point was basically well the Chiefs you know aren't nearly as fun if Patrick Mahomes is hurt <laughs> right they're just not as fun yeah. to watch well, and so we might as well it's more fun to root for an underdog than to root for a team with a hobbled quarterback. I mean, and no. I kind of saw the point, like for a neutral, yeah. that's the thing. It's, it's, it's sad for the game of football that he, you're not going to see him uh, at his absolute, you know, best capability right in the middle of the playoffs. And, th- and like you said, this is not the first time. I mean, two years ago, he had he came out of a game and could not go back in because of, you know, what was ruled a concussion. concussion yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, well, hell, he had the toe injury at, at the uh, same time, exactly. Right. And then yeah. he had toe injury and then came back, you know, and, and was great the next time. But he has actually not been 100% for, you know, something like a third of, of the playoff games he's played in his career. Maybe mm-hmm. even maybe more. Out of, what, 12 games, probably four or five, he has not been at 100%. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, you know, we, we, he's hopefully still got – Several more, many more playoff runs ahead of him. And at some point we will see that, I hope. Um, but it's just kind of sad we won't see that this year. But having said that, the narrative has changed. And like you said, now it is like, you know, you talk about Michael Jordan, the flu game. I mean, to me, this is this is a lot harder than the flu game. The flu game was was a singular effort in, in one moment, but he wasn't doing damage to his future, potential damage to his future or even or even the next game. Like if they could, ju- if the Bulls could just get through that game. Right. You know, he yeah. presumably be at 100% the next time out. Here, right. the, the, the challenge of trying to win on one leg and at the same time knowing that you're going to have to do this again and then again, you know, with, a, you know, still that ankle still injured. Um, I, the degree of difficulty here was, I think, a, a lot tougher and continues to be tougher. I mean, if their Chiefs go all the way and he, you know, wins a uh, another Super Bowl on, you know, a, a badly sprained ankle, that is... I, I there there hmm. may be a performance like that in NFL history, but coming from a quarterback, um, that's Byron Leftwich in college. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Before we uh, kind of fast forward to the upcoming game, just as a statistical aside, can you take a stab at how many quarterbacks have played more home playoff games than Patrick Mahomes in NFL history? Just the number home playoff games. Mm-hmm. So where do you played, think he ranks? We played. Tw- 12 games, two Super Bowls. So he's played 10 yep. home playoff games. And oh, and this this will be after Sunday because it's guaranteed that he's playing. At oh, right. Okay. So, so 11, the, where do you okay. think 11 ranks in quarterbacks, home playoff games all time? Certainly top five, I would have. Yeah, to say. six. I mean, it, he's right there. It's Brady <laughs> at 27, Manning at 16, Young at 16, Montana at 12, Favre at 12, and then Mahomes at 11. That just hmm. – Saw that the other, or figured that out the other day, and that was uh, something that you know, just kind of everything always. You, you kind of lose sight sometimes that he's uh, he's top six and he's in his fifth season. Um, I do want to fast forward to then this week. So of course, the day after the Chiefs game, when Chiefs fans are trying to figure out if they're going to Atlanta, if they're staying home, if they want to play the Bengals or the Bills. We kind of talked about the matchups and all that stuff before the game, but then the Bengals just went into Buffalo and completely took the bills behind the woodshed and Mm -hmm. did whatever they wanted all game long. You know, I kind of felt like that game back in, you know, three weeks before that in Cincinnati was going to go about maybe like that, maybe not quite that big of an ass kicking, but I certainly felt like the Bengals were set up to win that game. They then prove it by going into Orchard Park with DeMar Hamlin in attendance and, and with the snow. You know, Austin and I were talking about on our show, like, that's the game that the Bills are supposed to trap people in, right? right? Like, that's the the January in Orchard Park that they always say, like, just wait till then. Then you're going to have to come here and not be able to stand the elements. And that Bills pass rush couldn't quite get their feet in the ground with the snow. And the Bengals being banged up offensive line didn't really have to deal with that very much. And... Cincinnati did whatever they want. Um, watching that game, you know, did you get the sense 
as the Bengals were rolling that like, oh God, like this is going to be, this is going to be quite the matchup with a banged up Patrick Mahomes and this team coming into Arrowhead. Cause I started to feel this like dread that I don't think mm. I got rid of for about 48 hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you though, my, my first, my first thought was, you know, I, I was, I realized as the game was going on, I was pretty, pretty significantly rooting for the bills. And, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think we may have talked about this last week briefly, but like losing to the Bengals will be, so much more painful oh, um, than losing to the Bills would have been, and um, and so yeah, watching the Bengals do do what they did in that game, the only saving grace I had, my, my only hope, and I'm not even sure it, how much it mattered, was that the snow was a factor, yeah. like you just said. Like, if uh, I'm hoping that the reason why or the, the Bills were unable to get to Joe Burrow with this makeshift offensive line that the Bengals had had a lot to do with like you said snow and 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 lack of traction um because if that's not the case <laughs> we're, we're in trouble i mean yeah. this to me the story of this game obviously is going to be you know, keeping patrick mahomes upright on on the one side but on the other side it it the bengals still are still starting three backups this coming week right yeah, i mean right. The, the left tackle is definitely yeah. out right you have like a torn acl mm-hmm. they moved you know the, the guy made his first start ever at left tackle is it the right guard who had a, a sprained ankle as well yes and their yeah. center got banged up in this game kept playing Karras, but like and definitely right tackle is out and the right tackle is out yeah um, i don't think any of those guys are, are supposed to come back this week that's right? correct right. Okay. right that's correct so i mean to me i mean that is just it's astounding they joe burrow was sacked i think one time in that game and what it was especially astounding about that is that if you look at Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you know, you 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 guys, I'm sure I've seen the pundits say, well, you know, if Burrow beats Mahomes, then he's the number one quarterback in, in yeah, football. Of course. Which, um, let's let's not go there. Let's let's <laughs> let's not get my blood pressure up. Um, statistically, <laughs> you know, the, the Patrick Mahomes crushes him basically in every category, like he crushes pretty much everyone else. Right. Um, in but, NFL history. <laughs> but it's, I mean, the the main reason why he crushed him, like in terms of completion percentage actually burrows slightly higher i think career-wise uh yards per attempt mahomes is better but it's like it's not a blowout you know touchdown percentage everything patrick's a little bit better but the one difference that's massive is sack rate right yeah right patrick mahomes for his career has been sacked i think it's 3.9 percent of dropbacks and this is because it's not part of passer rating i really feel like sack rate is something that is highly overlooked by yeah, uh, analysts um and that's why i love using adjusted net yards per attempt because it incorporates sacks into into that equation Agreed. um and that's where mahomes really shines um but 3.9 percent of uh all dropbacks his career high in sacks is 28. joe burrow has been sacked 7.5 oh. percent of his career dropbacks this year was career best of 6.3 he had 41 sacks this year um it's last year he led the league with 51 sacks which is just i mean that's crazy it's great huge amount now look at the you look at their playoff patrick Mahomes's sack rate does go up in the playoffs it's at 5.6 percent and that's after you know somehow miraculously not getting sacked in this game but it is higher 5.6 percent burrow is at 10.3 percent Jeez, I mean, he had. I mean, he only got sacked once in this game, which is incredible. But he got sacked four times by the Ravens. Yeah, and then of course last year, one of the most amazing things you'll you'll ever see in a playoff game. He got sacked nine times, nine times. (laughs) That was the Titans game, game, right? And beat the Titans. Yeah, you talk about like. I mean, that's why I think where the legend of Joe Burrow really started as a playoff guy. Just like, how the hell do you get sacked nine times and still win? Right. But, you know, and then unfortunately, Chiefs only got to him once. That was really one of the, the keys of that that game. You know, Chris Jones had him in the grasp twice mm. and, uh, right. on third down and, and got he got Kill away. Um, but then he got sacked seven times by the Rams in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes has ever been sacked seven times in a game. I, I, he is not. I believe his single game high off the top of my head might be five. Five. One time. Five, five times. In his rookie year, by the uh, by the Cardinals of all teams, um, hmm. and then four sacks, four times, uh, etc. But yeah, I mean, seven sacks, nine sacks, twice in seven playoff games. Joe Burrow has been sacked in six playoff games. Has been sacked seven or more times. I, they don't have to get him to it seven times, but three or four sacks is completely in line with his, you know, yeah, his average back rate. He's got three fifths of a makeshift. I mean, we saw what happened to the, the Chiefs 
when they, you lost Eric Fisher in the AFC Championship game and went to the Super Bowl, and the offensive line just could not hold up. Right. Now, the Bucks had, you know, a, a defensive line that the, the Chiefs I, – I don't think we could put the Chiefs' defensive line <laughs> no. there, but the Chiefs were second in the league with sacks, with 55 right. sacks this year. Chris Jones had the number one pass rush win rate by a defensive lineman by a mile, by like and and, and had the most double uh, double team. That's uh, right. Team, which is- he looked like a Patrick Mahomes graph in the top right on that one. I mean, can't forget about playoff Frank Clark either. Clark, so. Exactly. Playoff Clark. Do, 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 do. Playoff, <laughs> playoff Clark. Clark. That's do, good. Do, do, do. We'll have to get that one going in the stadium. <laughs> That's right. That's good. That's good. Uh, a big part of Frank Clark's success, I think, is because I mean it's. Chris Jones famously has yet to have a sack now in 13 playoff games, which is kind of insane. But I mean, he played very, you know, he, he, he basically frees up, you know, the other rushers on this team. And he's the reason why Frank Clark was able to get another sack in this game. So, um, but last year, you know, we only got to Joe Burrow once in that game, but I think the chiefs last year had like 31 sacks. I mean, this quietly, the pass rush isn't elite, but this you've almost doubled the number of sacks. Uh, from one year to the next, this is you know I, I know Joe Cullen has been getting a lot of love of late for his impact in making that uh, that defensive line better, and obviously they added George Carlaftis and Carlos Dunlap, but they absolutely have to get pressure on Joe Burrow. There's no excuse. I haven't seen. Do you have you guys seen the weather forecast for Sunday? Um, cold, 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 really, snow really or cold no and snow? windy, but I think um, dry. Okay. I think there was like a maybe 30%, but it's not supposed to be anything significant. Certainly not, not a snowstorm and not really anything that, I mean, I think the pass rush should not have any excuses, should be able to get home. Um, If they can't get home in this one, I mean, then the Bengals just have the chief's number. Then there's just really, there are dads and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, that's a, this is set up for Chris and Frank and Dana. And, and I mean, all those guys have been, have had a good, they went from, I think they were 31st last year in sacks and then second this year. So I mean, it's a a huge turnaround just on the sack numbers. Yeah. Now, if I, if I may, uh, turning to the, the dad situation and the, the talking that the Bengals have been doing this week, I want to run a theory by you, Randy, and see what you think about this. So it seems to me that now, the Chiefs have done almost no talking this week. They had their podium day, their first podium day yesterday. They had some people talk to the media today. And they are, like, conspicuously, extremely silent. And obviously, the Bengals are doing yeah. quite a bit of talking, uh, both both to the Bills, whom they just defeated, and looking forward to this upcoming game at, quote, Burrowhead Stadium. And I got to think on some level, right? And and this is me speaking as a Chiefs fan, and we're all here to bear witness to the greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes. They've beaten him three times in a row. And on some level, you know, it's very frustrating for us, obviously, as Chiefs fans, because all these games have been close. It's it's really come down to one or two plays in each of these games. Don't you think the Bengals, on some level, realize that this is not a sustainable situation for them? And that they're dealing with a ticking time bomb. And sooner or later, like they can't beat Patrick Mahomes forever. And they can't beat the Chiefs forever. And to me, the level of talking coming into this game, to me, is maybe suggestive of the fact that they are feeling it a little bit. Like, uh, okay, we got away with it once. We got away with it twice. We got away with it three times in a row. Are we going to be able to get away with it again? If if they are are secretly plagued with self-doubt they're doing a very good job of hiding it <laughs> yeah um, i that's good i don't think i don't i think it's quite the opposite i think they actually you know it, it's easy for for guys like you and uh, you and me to look at the the d- data and coldly rationalize yes that yes. the chiefs you know yes they lost all three games but they actually led i think at the beginning of the fourth quarter in all three of those games mm-hmm. all three games were three-point losses um, you know, I think their win expectancy in the fourth quarter at some point in that game was greater than 75% and say, yeah, the Bengals won three games, but it was essentially three coin flips that they won and they're not inherently a better team. And, you know, the fact that we, we have a huge body of evidence that the chiefs on the whole over the last two years are at least as good as the Bengals and possibly better. Um, it's easy for you and I to say that. I don't think most athletes think that way. Sure. And I would definitely say that the 
Cincinnati Bengals taking their cues from their leader, Joe Burrow, um, <laughs> does do not think that way. And I'll tell you, I mean, I know Joe Burrow, there are a lot of people out there who really love his cockiness, um, his lack of fear. And, you know, I, I respected that for a while, but I, I, I kind of reached a tipping mm-hmm. point with him this week with the um, uh, send those refunds yeah. uh, comment he made at the end of the game. Uh, you know, send those refunds. You know, Everyone assumed to be an AFC championship game in Atlanta. I don't mind a little bit of cockiness. I can put up with uh, some arrogance. What I cannot stand is hypocrisy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't mention that the Cincinnati Bengals need to send those refunds to their fans right. because right the, the Chiefs are hosting the game. Like the, uh, the absurd, like I get that, you know, oh, nobody believes in us is a, is a great rallying cry for a team, but at some point you have to be delusional to think that, Oh, <laughs> they sold tickets to a game that won't be played is proof of disrespect because we're getting there, Randy. We're every getting there. single team in football, in sports, will sell playoff tickets the second they can no matter how unlikely it is that they will host that game because it's money it's free it's free money that they can sit on for a few months and if they by the time they return it to their fans free well they've made a little bit of interest um the Bengals did it the Bengals won three road playoff games last year and they sold tickets before each one of their games in case the next matchup was going to be a home game. It's just logistically you have to sell those tickets because you have to get everybody travel plans and all that stuff. Well, like, especially for a neutral game in a, sit, in a city that. where neither team's fans yeah. live. Yes, of course right. they're going to sell those tickets ahead of time. What the hell is yeah. What, how, how is that disrespect? So it's just that one really just kind of pushed me over the edge. I'm like, I want to win this game as badly yeah. as any playoff game you know the chiefs have played with the possible exception of the of the first super bowl that they possibly you know, you know, i mean it's, I mean, it's neck and neck the super yeah. bowl, i'd say yeah the first one yes yeah, I'm, not, I, right. I'm not even sure the second one was they lost to the box um this yeah. game because fair or not fair and it's clearly not fair but if the bengals win you're going to see people saying oh joe burrow is better than patrick mahomes mm-hmm. um you're going to see people say that that you know this is a stain on patrick's legacy the chiefs can't beat the bengals and the fact that we're going into this game with our star quarterback on one and a half ankles is it's, it's going to be forgotten in the long run and yeah, the result it always will is. not be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really, we really need this game to change a lot of narratives. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about which team needs the game more because the chiefs have a super bowl banked from 2019. They have a two-time MVP quarterback. They have a Hall of Fame head coach. They've got a lot of things kind of established for success. And they're obviously trying to continue that. But the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. They're, you know, they lost the Super Bowl last year. They can't, Joe Burrow they just then, tied their franchise record for playoff wins for all other did. Bengals quarterbacks and combined. And Zach Taylor has the the franchise record for playoff wins as a coach. So they, they're they doing mm-hmm. things that the Bengals have never, ever done before. Keep, keep in mind, Joe Burrow equaled all the playoff victories. He's got five, all the, which he yeah, gets five. the five victories. Right. I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes did the same thing. Patrick he Mahomes did. has oh, he nine did. playoff victories, he, which he, equaled the nine yeah. of Chiefs' entire That's franchise right. he, going back to 1960. He, yeah. he doubled our playoff win total yeah we were we were nine and 18 i believe in the playoffs before patrick mahomes we're now 18 and 21 like <laughs> we were 9 and 18 and we're like we're, steaming, on up. we're steaming towards 500 here very quickly <laughs> that's right it's incredible so when you compare where these two franchises are at you also kind of have this so to me the the question of mahomes versus burrow if mahomes wins this game burrow's got a long way to go before he can get back to that position of being considered Mahomes peer to me because now you can't say, well, I beat him every time I play him. You know, you you then will have lost the Super Bowl and the following year lost an AFC championship game. So Burrow's not not like he's collecting rings. Now granted he hasn't been around as long as Patrick, but so their desperation sort of is to establish either their complete dominance or that the fact that they're not going to get there for a while. And then the Chiefs on the other hand, you know, are trying to kind of fend off the challenger. Um, if you had to rank desperation out of 10 for winning this game for both franchises, just kind of gut feeling, where do you think they're both sitting as far as needing this game? It's, it's very close. They need yeah, it for different 10 reasons. to 9.9. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's, it's yeah. The, to me, you, you said uh, the Bengals, you know, need it because like I said, they've never won a championship. 
Um, they will always, you know, and then they'll be able to lord that over the Chiefs. But also, I think for them, this might be their best chance because the yep. Joe Burrow's on his rookie contract, and that's probably mm-hmm. going to end starting next year. I mean, this is and three Chase. years in. Um, and, you know, they've got to find exactly the Chase and T. Higgins. Like, they've got, they've, you know, there's no, no more valuable commodity than a, than a star quarterback on a rookie contract. And they're going to have to start making some really tough financial decisions starting next year. So from that standpoint, like, I, I do think the Chiefs are better set up for the future than they are. I mean, in, in large part because of the Tyree Hill trade and all the rookies. Like the 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 Chiefs, they could trade Chris Jones if they wanted to, but like they don't they don't really have to make any tough decisions about any no. of their good players. Certainly this coming season, and um, the, the the Bengals will. So they they there is that maybe the ticking clock on the Bengals a little bit more. But I think at the same time for the Chiefs to to have hosted five consecutive AFC mm, Championship yeah. games and only win two. Yeah, would really would really hurt. And, like you, it really would start to affect the legacy. Exactly. I mean, yeah. even but even the Super Bowl one. Okay, you at least won one, but to only yeah. go to two Super Bowls when you hosted the game five times in a row, so this unprecedented thing. Nobody's ever done that, and yet there are quite a few teams who have gone to three uh, Super Bowls in a five-year span. Sure. Um, so it's it's really very clear. I mean, this game, there's just so much. Uh, hanging in the balance in terms of legacies, which is why it is so frustrating that we're, you know, both teams are not at a hundred percent that one team, you know, has a banged up quarterback. And um, that's why, you know, we're all watching literally every motion that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> makes on, on a, on a, you know, training field right now. So we have four legacy scenarios to talk about. And those four scenarios are the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl, the Bengals lose the Super Bowl, and the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I just want to talk about those realities for a second just so we can kind of all get on the same page as far as what that would mean short-term and long-term. So we'll start with the best case scenario that we're all hoping and praying for. Chiefs find a way to take care of business this Sunday. Then they beat either the Eagles or the 49ers, both of which are going to be super compelling matchups. You've either got the Super Bowl 54 rematch or you've got Andy versus the Eagles and the Kelsey, Kelsey brothers. And, and I mean, there's there's just a lot of fun. I, I feel like all that's kind of positive fun vibes which, between the Chiefs and either of those two NFC matchups. So the Chiefs win that game. Now you're kind of everything's back on the table. The the GOAT conversations are all fully full steam ahead you've got you know three super bowl appearances two super bowl wins two mvps all the fun all the fun stuff we've talked about with mahomes do you feel like if the chiefs win that game the second the two games from now i know everybody's gonna freak out because you gotta win the next game first but if if the chiefs win that game legacy wise i guess i I first want to ask do you think andy reads in any danger of retiring after his second super bowl if that were to happen this year it's it's a really good question. I don't have any particular insight into the yeah. man. Like this is not something I can analyze, right? It's, yeah, yeah. it's up to him. My sense is he's he he's enjoying <laughs> coaching and uh, Patrick Mahomes too much. Like he, mm-hmm. he he realizes that he's got a potential goat at quarterback, and he want, he's going to ride that train as long as he as long as he can, and he's enjoying himself and he's healthy. It's I mean it would be a, a situation where if his health were a problem, yes, yeah. You know, but that and that I'm not his doctor. I am a doctor, but not his doctor. <laughs> so. Well, and he's also so close to the top of so many coaching leaderboards and so many you know i mean he's he's a you know top three to five coach of all time already without his second super bowl win so i do think that if he has any type of sense of his own legacy and his own you know career arc he probably realizes like i'm a couple pretty good years away from getting pretty close to belichick for one in a lot of stuff so then there's also i mean just as far as as the landscape of the nfl going into next year where the afc loaded up the chiefs rebuilt so to speak air quotes they traded away Tyreek Hill they got all these you know draft picks and then they go go out and win the Super Bowl the AFC's got to be sitting here thinking like if the Chiefs do this we're all in mega mega super big trouble (laughs) um I guess if the Chiefs win this game are we going to be satisfied as fan bases and as a franchise that you know we're already there or do you think the hunger will still kind of be there uh, you know, this is this is why you know I think it is it is actually kind of a blessing to have Tom Brady as a foil. Yeah, um, yeah. Because to me, you know, with every you know, I, I don't want him winning any more rings, but all the rings he has <laughs> is a you know a, a very lofty goal that to me it's like 
it's, it's somebody who has become extremely protective of Patrick Mahomes's reputation and legacy. Yeah, I, you can't settle for two, right? I mean, no, two is a good two is a good start. It's a good start on the way to yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's great. That's, that makes some good shirts. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can print those whole. I yeah. Hope. So yeah, I, I having you know been blessed enough to have experienced both a World Series championship with the Royals and a Super Bowl championship with the with the Chiefs here in the last, um, you know. Eight, eight years, years or so, seven years mm-hmm. you know i i've learned that there's not nothing compares to the first but the hunger is is still there and, sure um sure. especially i mean we maybe we took a little bit for granted how inevitable a super bowl win with patrick Mahomes would be you know after once once he established himself that that first month as a starter and we realized oh my god this guy is <laughs> you know not it's whatever level there is above like superstar we didn't know exactly how high the, the the ceiling was, but we knew that the ceiling could not be seen from from the ground. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, oh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this in my column, going back to the column I wrote after um, week four of the 2018 season. And I just, in, in that column, I basically said that, you know, we haven't been to the summer, but we can see the summit from here. We, we can I see the that. peaks. And it was just like, yeah, this is going to happen. And that year, as first, you know, it was devastating to lose in the, in the, uh, overtime of the AFC Championship game, but oh my God, we hosted an AFC Championship game that's n- never happened in my lifetime, <laughs> and you know, so this is the farthest we've ever been. And took uh, Tom Brady to overtime. Yeah, I mean, I, it I, was I, it was as close to winning without winning that we and, had and gotten. It was, it was devastating because we we could have won. It should have won. A sure. clear flip and a D Ford, you know, yeah. lining up wrong was the difference. But then the next year you come back and you win. It's like at that point you're just like, oh, this is going to oh, happen all the time. Yeah. So maybe we took that a little bit for granted. And then you know, to lose the next year, I mean, it was devastating in the moment. I, you know, I went into that game thinking we'll win and we didn't, but we were clearly outclassed and it was, mm-hmm. you know, there were so many things that kind of just went wrong. If it was any one thing, it would have been, it would have hurt more, but sure. we were not the a lot of circumstances in that yeah. game. And we were on the road, which, you know, yeah, <laughs> essentially, yes, exactly. Yeah, first that road was, Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not really yeah. fair, but it is what it is. Um, but okay. We, but we got to the Super Bowl, you know, and then, but then, so losing last year to the Bengals really upended all that and you realized, Oh, th- this is, it, even even no matter how good you you know your team is no matter how great your quarterback is you cannot take this for granted mm-hmm. and you only have you, know, you only have so many bites at the apple you only have so many sh- uh, shots at doing this you have to savor every one um and so i do think if we win this i i, I will very much appreciate it i will not take it for granted maybe the way i would have if we had won back to back you know if you win a super bowl even every th- every if you win one every 3 years in the patrick Mahomes era I think I think we'd all sign up for that now. I mean, that's yeah. You, and yeah, there, sure. maybe there was a time where it's like, no, I want more than that. I mean, that's, that's you know five, yeah. maybe six. Yes, I think I would still, you know, I pretty would, lava I, hot clip, especially compared listen, to listen. If NFL it's history. one every three years and he plays for twenty one years, that's seven. So <laughs> that's you know, yeah. you're right there. Keep him around. If if he plays till he's as old as Tom Brady is now, that'll be eight. So you know, yeah, sure. exactly. Um, but you know, I will I will definitely I don't I don't think I'll lose the hunger because like I said I we've got we got bigger fish to fry than just two Super Bowl. That's that's insane to say, but I, I think yeah. it's absolutely legitimate. I I agree. And then we're not gonna linger as much on these other realities <laughs> because they suck, but I, I just want to talk quickly about if the Chiefs beat the Bengals and they get the burrow monkey off their back and they go to another Super Bowl, they win another AFC championship game, they're third in five years, but they succumb to either a ridiculously loaded 49ers defense where they have all pros at every level of their defense and they've got great skill position players, you know, really, really this, this 49ers team this year, in my opinion, is better than the 19 team that the chiefs beat. And that team was really good. And then, or the Eagles, which are again, you know, they have the, I think the third most sacks in NFL history this year. Um, They've got a loaded defensive line. They've got really good, two of the best combinations of wide receivers. Anyway, so if the Chiefs get the job done against the Bengals, but they lose in the next game in Glendale, I I feel like the AFC picture, which is really, as AFC fans, we're so focused on all these five, six young quarterbacks in the AFC as being the whole NFL, as being like, okay, if it's not Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, you know, those guys, then it doesn't really matter what goes on with these other teams. That part is still safe because none of those other guys have won anything. None of those other guys then will have the one up on Mahomes and all that stuff. So it's kind of this like 
limbo where I feel like it's not the worst case scenario to lose the Super Bowl. It would still suck and and Mahomes would be one and two in the Super Bowl. And, you know, Andy then will have lost. That would be his he lost one with the Eagles and then two Super Bowl. He'd be one and three. That reality there, not the worst case in the world, but still kind of stings, right? Like still kind of this like what could have been, this this like ah that you tasted it, but then you couldn't quite get over to the top. Oh, I mean, of course. I mean, losing, you know, we, we've been in, we've been in the the best case scenario, and we've been in this scenario in the last three years. We've we've we know what firsthand what it feels like, and yeah, it'll it'll suck to lose the Super Bowl, um, but for the reasons you described, um, the fact that you've beaten the Bengals, you've gotten the the Burrow monkey off your back, and whether it's Jalen Hurts or, God forbid, Brock Purdy, yeah, um, right. who bests you ultimately, um, I, I don't think that that. Uh, for one thing, it, it's kind of hard to, to create a rivalry, a quarterback rivalry with teams in different conferences because yeah. you're not going to see them very often. Yeah, um, you know, Jalen Hurts is, a, is an excellent quarterback. He's a different style, obviously, than, than Mahomes. Um, but I think even if he beats Patrick Mahomes in the, the Super Bowl, I don't know that necessarily people will ascend him to number one in um, all of football. And, um, you know, Nobody knows what Brock Purdy is yet. Maybe he is the second coming of Tom Brady, but I think right. we'll, we'll hold let's, off on that. Let's not speak no. that evil into existence. Yeah, or no. <laughs> maybe Jimmy G gets healthy by the Super Bowl, and maybe the <laughs> Niners have no idea what to do, and they end up starting Jimmy G in that game. I mean, it's a very <laughs> I have too much. Res- I mean, I have too much respect for Kyle Shanahan to assume that to even, <laughs> even presume that he would do such a thing at this point. Sure, sure. Um, so, um, but I, I, I would like to think as much as it hurt that beating the Bengals might feel better then losing the Super Bowl would feel worse, if that makes yeah, sense. I agree. Um, I, I really feel like the Bengals game right now, to me, is almost more important. Um, of course, if we win, then I will change my mind. But right now, that's <laughs> how I feel. I, I hear you. I think I'm in lockstep there. Um, and then, of course, you know, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, four wins, two AFC championship games in Arrowhead, but they don't get the job done the next week, and Joe Burrow's 0-2 in the Super Bowl, I mean – they've got kind of some bragging rights and some shit talking that they can do and say, well, you know, at least we never have to worry about the chiefs. And at least every time we match up with them, we'll, we'll flaunt this four and O in their face. But like, I mean, the burrow mystique, if he's and two in the big game, I, I just, I know he's gotten there in, you know, his second and third years as a starter. And that's fantastic. But like, I kind of feel like that takes some of the sting off of this whole situation like at least as, if he's not ascended to godhood after this you know if, if he can't get the job done as a, as a fan of or as a person that's really concerned about this whole bro Mahomes situation i just feel like that will at least be like well every time they say four and oh we can say oh and two and you know it's maybe not us that beat them but they they didn't get the ring done um <laughs> not maybe the worst case scenario or still pretty bad still pretty close to the worst it it pretty close to the worst, but yes, I think you're. I think that if like, the Bengals were to um to to beat us in the uh, AFC Championship game, I'm probably rooting for whichever NFC team they play. Well, I mean, last 100%. year, hundred percent. I mean, last year I was very conflicted because the Bengals, as a franchise, have never won, and uh, you know, right. To me, honestly, my feeling after what well, you know, I I'll t- I'll put it this way: last year I did not watch the game. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to watch the game, but um. My feeling was if, if if we're going to lose to the Bengals, it was almost like, well, you know, good for that franchise that they're, you know, they, they <laughs> suffered for so long. They had this, you know, incredible good fortune one time. I would love, you know, they, they should finish it off. They may not get this chance again. There was still, you sure. know, I mean, I, I kind I'm of a 14 openly, Royals vibe openly saying this. That's an actually a really interesting comparison because, yeah, everyone thought the fortune Royals even as they were doing yeah, it was a fluke and enjoy it while totally. you can, because you're not going to get another chance. Um, and I mean, Never I think did. we all thought that the Bengals, I mean, you know, good team, but nobody thought that they were going to, um, you know, come back and be even better this year. Right. Um, they, you know, like I said, they, they barely beat the Titans. They got their quarterback sacked nine times. They were down 18 points to the chiefs. Um, and so when they lost, it was like, Oh, they blew their opportunity. And I was, you know, felt bad for them, but I was also like, well, you know, you guys had your chance and yeah. we're, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in a position where I want to give many more chances um, to other AFC teams to, to represent themselves there. You know, I, the bills still, still deserve one opportunity some point in the next 10 or 15 years, I suppose. Um, but I'm not, you know, the Bengals had their shot and they blew it. Um, if they win this, this year, then uh, it's, th- then it, people are going to take them, 
way too seriously and a Super Bowl victory for them would really, you know, you're, you're going to see people talk about how the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in football, certainly the best team in the AFC. And um, I, I cannot abide by that. I changed my mind. I don't even want to go any further down that road. That one, that (laughs) one sucks. We will, we are called it's always sunny in chief's kingdom. So we're not going to, that, that reality is not going to happen. And we will just, uh, we'll all enjoy the game this Sunday. Thanks so much again for your time. Um, anyone out there, if you want to follow him on Twitter, that's at J A Z A Y E R L I Randy. Thank you so much. Um, you know, obviously this has been uh, super fun to chop it up as the chiefs have been in the playoffs and uh, you know, if they take care of business and so we'll have a pretty good break there, a uh, little, little two week window between this one and the next one. So we'll have to uh, get your thoughts yeah, on the we, big game. If we, that had, we had, we had made plans last year for that and they fell through. So yes. um, I'm really hoping Rain we, can, check. we can reschedule that shot. for uh, the next two weeks. Awesome. Thanks Rainy. Have a good night. All right. Take care guys.